Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right, Mike Check, we are back. We're back, baby. Season two of the Helipod. Uh, took a little summer respite. And what better way to launch season two than with my Fantasy Zone partners, James Coe in the house. Hey, buddy, good to see you as always. And the guru, John Hansen, all the way from the Ooh. East Coast here That's right. as well. East Coast representing. Can always. I be like uh, the Biggie Smalls of this here circle? Yeah, sure you, you can. Know? Whatever you oh, want yeah. to be. Okay. I'm, I'm James sure. Tupac? I'm, that, no. Uh, yeah. I'd like to be somebody who's still alive. <laughs> is that okay? Can I do that? You could be uh, MC Hammer. Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> I used to have those pants. Yeah. Bubar had those pants. Matthew Bubar, our crack researcher right. on the Fantasy Zone on DirecTV, also a key member of the uh, Helipod. Back Joined down it. with me and MJD last year. Good to see you, bro. You too. You too, Dan. All right. Well, let's do this because we are here on a Sunday recording this as we speak at the DirecTV studios, uh, getting ready ready to run through a rehearsal with the three of us and Back our in the counterpart, saddle, uh, Lindsay Rhodes. Yeah, it is uh, another year, and we have 18 weeks I know. of football this Let's year. Let's go. Um, so I've already had one fantasy draft. My asshole friends Ooh, from Tennessee hey decided to have it last week, and I still have not mastered <laughs> the auction draft. Oh, nice. Mm. And naturally... J.K. Dobbins was my second running no. back off the board oh. after Jonathan no. Taylor. Paid a pretty penny for him, $34 oh, no. in a $200 yeah, cool. pool. That yeah. hurts. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's painful. Do you guys have any real drafts anymore where you gather somewhere in Vegas or whether it's here in L.A. or in Philly, Guru, and yeah. have a real draft board? You're drinking beers and you're hanging out. Does that even happen anymore? We used to, man. Like, I'm in this league, big money league, and we've been doing it for a long time. And um, and I would say, I mean, for years, like 10 years in a row, it's like we would hire a sticker girl. A you know, sticker girl? Yeah, dude. She would just put up the stickers, yep. dude. It was Sounds great. amazing. It's amazing, man. So, like, yeah, we would hire a sticker girl. We'd have booze. We'd have we'd have all kinds of fixings, man. But, yeah, you know what, man? After you, after everyone started getting married and, you know. Kids. Kids. Kids screwed it up. Game over. Yeah. It's game over. We, and we tried to even do it on Zoom. Nah. Just, this not doesn't work, you know. Guru? No, not me. I've been doing this for so long that when I was uh, really getting started in the 90s, when I was still in my, like, for example, local league, the league I started playing fantasy in, people were so mad they, they thought I was literally cheating because it was like my full-time job. I'm like, 
Really, guys? Like, you do know I don't have access to the future, right? My last name's not Kreskin, or, or I'm not Nostradamus, maybe Nostradamus, but no. Um, so that league disbanded literally because people thought I had an unfair advantage. Because, because it was your job. Because it was my job. Well, yeah, my I, friends know that I don't have an unfair advantage because it is my job, and I still suck generally in that league. <laughs> yeah. I think I won the league, I think it was like four years in a row, and they were like, yeah, we're out. And then the, the infighting started. But to answer the question, I bring this up all the time. Like, I get callers in my CRSXM radio show. They're all excited about their draft. And like James said, you know, they got everything set up. And I've done uh, broadcasts at, at, like, draft parties and things like that. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I, I miss it. Like, yeah. I totally miss it. Yeah, yeah. It's a job. So I don't really – I don't have fun this time of the year. Dan, there's no fun <laughs> when, you're, when you're a fantasy guy. Uh, I know Bubar had a real live draft in person. I did. I did this past uh, this past Wednesday. Decided to start a new league with work, and uh, we all we all got there in person, and uh, it was awesome. In fact, uh, a second league that I do, they're all in Vegas today for the draft. I'll be doing it on my computer, but they still get together. It is the 24th year oh of God. this draft, and they still try and get together every year. Bubar, you're like. Fucking 30, 30, 32 years old. I know. You, you, listen, you started fantasy when you were six? I listen, like, like John always says, I started when I was in, still in the womb. Uh, my mom started teaching me at a young age. Yeah. You know. Let yeah. me tell you something. You have a job today, and it's to support us during the rehearsal. And if I see you slacking because of your draft. This will not happen. We're going to have some issues. We can multitask. No, we'll be good. No, screw that. I hope you are slacking. What are you <laughs> talking about, You see, bro? if I slack, Priorities. then James is going to know what it's about. He's going to go, don't worry, man. You're cool. Priorities, dude. I've got my fantasy points about. cheat sheets right here. Oh, I know. Look at that. Look at that cheap plug. Oh, yeah. Wow. Got to. Got you're, talking, you're talking fantasypoints.com. That's the one. Oh, okay. In that case you don't one. know and you're not familiar with, it, it really is my go-to source for fantasy information. John Hansen started the website uh, two years ago. Yeah. This is the second season of fantasypoints.com. It's outstanding. Right. And I am not only plugging this because I have a free lifetime membership, which was my secret Santa gift before the website even started. Greatest gift ever. It was unbelievable. Now I have to call him every year and remind him that I have a free lifetime membership. I've set a reminder on my phone, though. (laughs) What what is the best draft philosophy when you're going in, Co? Like, is... Do you, do you have a philosophy and you stick to it hard and fast, nah. or does the way that the draft falls dictate how you draft players? Yeah, I think I think that's basically the way you go, right? Like, um, you can't go in there with a zero RB, you know, mindset, and then, like, let's say, like, I don't know, Dalvin Cook somehow miraculously falls to you at, like, seven or eight, you know? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to pass up on just because you really want to stick with, 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 with zero RB? It doesn't make sense, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, you kind of just sort of let the draft fall to you, and, and like, I— the more, the longer I've been doing this, John. I don't know how you feel, man, but it's just kind of like, just draft good players. Oh, I've been saying that for twenty five years. You know what I'm saying? Like so people like, would, would ask me back in the day, "What's your strategy?" I'm like, uh, "I draft good players." Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's just kind of like, and like these 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 hardheads that are just so like, no, you can't draft. You, you got to go zero RB. You got to go hero RB. You got to, right. you know, it's like, I'm like, just just draft good players and you're fine. Yeah, I would add on to that, Dan. Just. I'm always cognizant of position scarcity, if you will. So I'm trying to suck some value out of all my picks here. So, for example, running backs have been getting a lot more love lately. Mm-hmm. So, I, as I say, let's get into the running back business. Wide receiver is very deep, deeper than ever. So that's not a position where it's a huge priority. I'm, I'm willing you know, to take two or three with my first five, six picks if they're the best players on the board. 
um, and then take it from there. Quarterback is a position where I think your best chance to form the best team is to wait on that position a little bit, right. get, get a Justin Fields. Uh, you and I see are on the same page with Baker Mayfield. A tight end is, uh, you know, a little top-heavy, but you can understand the the advantage that you have if you get a Darren Waller in the second round compared to everybody else on that at that position. Um, that is also a position scarcity type approach here. So um, that that's that's it in a nutshell. Draft good players and try to get value by looking at the positions position scarcity. Right. In most leagues now, I feel like there's six or seven running backs easily off the board right from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out of the top tier guys, you know, tier one guys, is is Saquon the biggest question mark for you? I, I don't even I, I don't even have him in top ten. I, I think the injury concerns are pretty pretty significant. You know, I would take guys like Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill um, ahead of Saquon. I think at this point, like we're so far like we're two full seasons removed from his two thousand yard campaign, right? So it, it's like I get it. He is a special player, but at this point too, and this is what I've been saying, Dan. Like we're in the part of the season where injury optimism is at its absolute peak and Saquon Barkley and the Giants are not giving you that and so that to me is is a big red flag you know it's like how recovered is he and so I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried there Bubar hold, hold, before you go you Bubar was, was uh in a draft recently he yes, told me sir. about this before the show this Saquon fell to him at 10 he did and he's like I gotta take Saquon I had to take yeah. him and I, I actually kind of agree with that yeah. like if if you have to take a flight 10 yeah that's good I mean it's I mean I get where James is talking to I because, do too. Totally. because I mean you know, um, uh, Joe Judge just said this past week that they still don't know if he's going to be ready right. for week one. So right. that, so that's to me, that was the first bad news the, all this entire offseason on Saquon. Everything you heard about him, in my opinion, was actually good news. They were increasing his workload. He was appearing more at practice. He was working more in seven on sevens. He's he's they've given him more and more, which is great. But hearing this about week one, sure, I mean, there's. There's some trepidation there of taking him high, but at the same time, I also know I get one extra week. Right. And, and having another week, I don't have to freak out if he's not doing well by week two. I know that I'm going to get at least one more week in the regular season, and based on what his, what his ceiling is, it was hard to, to, to pass on him. I think we, we tend to forget how long of a season it is. I mean, yeah. we're sitting here recording this on the 29th, two weeks from today. We still do have two weeks right. from the opener. And, of course, an extra game. And it's going to be like uh, it's seemingly like 10 years in the future. But and then we'll think <laughs> we'll look back in December uh, on this podcast. So that was a lifetime ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. we've had six seasons within the season yeah. week since five we did is, that. Week five is going to feel like three years from yeah. what it is today. Yeah, I will say this, very simple, and I don't think it's, um, you know, taking the easy way out with a guy like Saquon. It really is about your approach and your expectations. You know, for most people out there, you don't want to screw up your first-round pick. So in yeah. that regard, I'd be a little more cautious. Right. But, you know, if you're looking to take down a big, high-stakes league, you, you it's it's risk it, no biscuit. You know what I mean? Like, you got to risk it. So right. you got to go for the gusto. So a guy like Saquon, if I'm swinging for the fences, you know, I'll take him at seven, eight. If he falls, obviously that's ideal. Right. But, again, for most people, you got to bounce that out there. And I might just say, you know what, just give me Aaron Jones. I mean, I trust Aaron Jones a little bit more. So I, I, your expectations, I think, should play into Bar- Barkley. Com- common thought is that you don't need to grab a quarterback in the first five rounds unless it's Mahomes or maybe Josh Allen. 
uh, being being the exceptions. Would, would you agree with that, Guru? Yeah, I would. I would. I always say, like, there was always that little drop-off around 50, 60 players where you're like, all right, I know it's not ideal to take a quarterback yeah, here. Yeah, right. I, I don't love the running backs. I mean, there's a lot of sameness at wide receiver. I don't see a good tight end standing out. You know, the big guys are off the board. Right. Fifth what are you going to take? What are you going to take? Mark fifth? Andrews like, yeah, or you know Josh what? Allen? You yep. know, it's you like, know uh, give me Josh Allen. Or in this case this year, I think more, uh, you know, realistic would be, uh, you know what, give me Lamar. Right. Sure. You know? But otherwise, I, I think to default to holding off and get a little bit more value is ideal. Let's talk about the rookie quarterbacks for a minute. And obviously the evolution here is to the guys that can move and, um, you look at all these young guys coming in this year from Trevor Lawrence to Justin Fields. I got a chance to see Justin Fields in Nashville last night. He wasn't spectacular, but but he looked pretty good. And you, you can see the tools that are there. Obviously, Trey Lance. Um, I think the fantasy points projections have all those guys, Lawrence, Fields, and Lance, ahead of Big Ben, Matt Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Derek Carr. And – those are guys that may not be playing right away, right? At least yeah. two out of the three. Right. So that's an interesting that's an interesting thought there. I mean, we're not talking necessarily about just keeper leagues. We're talking about your projections for this season. Right. Yeah, well, it's the Chico guys, man. Like, yeah. if Trey Lance doesn't start till week seven, he's probably still going to go down as a damn good pick. You know, so you, you, you just have to get that contingency plan. And, you know, Baker, I think, is a great one for that. And, and I think Justin Fields will start earlier, but – you know, it's that balancing act. It's about, and I've always preached this too, like it's about high-impact players. So I'm willing to overpay a little bit for Lance or Fields because guess what, guys? At the end of the day, they will be top 12 quarterbacks in November and December in money time. I mean, that's pretty much guaranteed. You're talking about on a weekly basis, not not like if you were to accumulate all their points, right? Not total points, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Week, Going week forward, by week basis, right? 100%, yeah, yeah totally. I, I you know, even just looking at my projection, if you project the Niner quarterback in terms of what I have for Jimmy G and Lance, and I, I the projections are based on number of games played, so it, it works out. It's like QB8. Yeah. You know? Right. Fields is good, though. I mean, he's his first pass was just a little touch check down to the running back, but I thought it was beautiful because he showed some patience. A lot of boys. He took a little bit off the throw. Yeah. I mean, Lance is out there throwing fastballs to dudes four yards away still, <laughs> so you got to worry about that a little I think, bit. Like, I think Lance is, needs a little bit more seasoning. He does. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, it. he didn't even play football. He played one game one last game. year, I you know? know? So it's like, yeah, so he's got, he's, got a, he's got a ways to go. He's only a one-year starter too, right? Like, it's not like um, it's not like he's got a ton of experience under his belt. So he, And I know he's a film junkie, like, everyone talks about this kid's work ethic, and that's great. Yeah. But does it translate in year one? I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little hesitant. It's tricky, though, because the scheme is so damn good. They could scheme it up yeah. and get guys open, and he's so gifted that it could work out right away. Right. But there's no pressure to start him. Like, there will be pressure in Chicago with Andy There Dalton. will be. There already is. I exactly. Mean, yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable yeah, yeah. the yeah. amount of pressure totally. they have. Yeah, and, totally. And, you know, everybody just totally just dumping on Andy Dalton. I mean, this is a guy who has made three Pro Bowls, who's yep. gotten to the playoffs before. He, he's been a solid NFL quarterback, but they're yeah, but talking about him like he, he's, you know, 50% of what Trent Dilfer was at his worst. <laughs> well, it's also, also, too, I think for, if you were to ask a, a lot of Bears fans, the second after they drafted Fields, they might tell you that Justin Fields is the most athletic quarterback that the Bears have ever drafted. 
that he's that he's already. I don't think that's that's a stretch at all. Yeah. No. So yeah. So I mean. Yeah. So I mean. So I think the I think the hype on him is so high because of just what the what, what the they haven't had. That's right. Why. Right. Correct. Right. Yeah. They haven't right. had anything. So I think just it's so wide eyed at what he the possibility of what he could do that I think that spills over into why some people are even booing Dalton because. Well, you know the big problem for me with Dalton is that last year he had a good collection of offensive talent and and he looked like trash. He looked terrible last year. Although Zeke didn't do anything, but Tony yeah, Pollard. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, but, but still, you look at the receiving exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he did nothing. Yeah. He did absolutely nothing. So it's kind of like, I don't know, man. Like I, we love Allen Robinson, and I think Darnell Mooney's a, a really great sleeper. But it's just kind of like, you you need an athletic quarterback, I think, to kind of sort of unlock this offense, man. I think they've got some question marks um, on the offensive line, and they just need somebody to make plays. And I think Fields is that guy. It's just like fantasy. Like, are we really excited about taking? You know, David Johnson. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, right. we respect you, Andy, all that good stuff, Red Rifle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're not a high impact guy, and no. that's what we want. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Time for a quick break to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. The first is Greens Plus, a leader since 1989 known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse that green superfood powder into a bar. Greens Plus bars and powders are the best tasting, most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body needs from organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. You can get it at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com. We're going to give you free shipping and 20% off today if you use the promo code HELI. That's greensplus.com. Also wanted to tell you about VACO. That's V-A-C-O. At VACO, they invest in your career, so you are here for the duration of theirs. VACO is a premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in the areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. Areas of expertise include C-suite search, accounting, finance, technology, healthcare IT, operations, administration, and international managed services. Founded by my good buddy, Brian Waller, and a couple of his friends. In 2002, Baco has grown to serve over 40 markets across the globe. They have 1,000 employees, 
5,000 consultants and $750 million in revenue. Check them out at Vaco.com. That's V-A-C-O.com for more info on how Vaco connects people to their dream jobs and helps leading companies find talent to grow their businesses. You were talking about tight ends earlier. Kelsey, the only dude I think that's going in the first round of most drafts. Then you have Waller and Kittle. Kyle Pitts, obviously uh, a wild card there because just has oodles of potential. But after that, there's nine or ten guys that are a coin flip. One guy that I really liked, and now he's banged up, of course, is Irv Smith. Um, I thought he could take a leap in Minnesota this year. Who who are some tight ends that are in that kind of tier two-ish area that that have potential to exceed maybe the ceiling that most people think they have, Guru? Well, you start it with Hawkinson, of course. Um, I've got him at tight end four. His ADP is five. Uh, having with 75 grabs, that would be fourth in the league behind uh, the big three, Kelsey Waller Kittle, uh, clicking with Jared Goff, going to be the go-to guy there, a really good football player. Uh, things work out well. He, he could really flirt with a top three finish, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Mark Andrews now, especially with Dobbins down. We know Lamar loves throwing in the middle of the field. Obviously, right. Pitts is um, a wild card, but I, I'm going to go with a yes still on Pitts. I think Arthur Smith will do very well utilizing him. And then down the board a little bit, I think my number one guy in terms of, I do love Johnny Smith. We can get into him, but like, I like Logan Thomas as like a great best of both worlds guy. Like, you know, you're not going to pay a huge price for him, get him right. in like the eighth or ninth round, right. and they they love him. I mean, he's got some limitations, but man, he's a he's a freight train man. That dude is he's big, athletic, and he can run. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think Kyle Pitts for me is kind of like in his own tier. You know, it's like you got the big three off the top, and then right after that for me is Pitts, and I, I, it's like. Part of it is talent, that's fine, but most of it is just target share. Like, there's nobody else there. They've got Calvin Ridley and no one. Don't sleep on Russell Gage. No, I'm not. I'm sleeping on him all day. (laughs) He's literally the most boring pick on the board this year, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, and I get it. He'll get 70, though. You know, I I don't know what what he's going to do, but, you know, it's like, again, he's a slot guy, and um, I'm not terribly enamored with drafting too many slot players. And then, you know, they had an unproven, like, Olamide Zacchaeus on the outside. Like, who else is going to catch passes, you know? It's like Kyle Pitts immediately enters the conversation as the, the second most athletic, you know, pass catcher they got outside of Calvin Ridley. So I think he, he walks into a huge target share. Um, I, I'm, I'm with everybody else with TJ Hawkinson. I mean, if it's not his year this year, it's just not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean other guys like Noah Fant too. I think are are interesting, you know. So especially with Teddy Bridgewater now there at the starting quarterback position. Yeah, there's so many guys where I want to like them, and then I look at who's throwing them the football. And, <laughs> and I guess for tight ends, that's yeah. not as as bad as it would be for a receiver right on the outside because you guys, if you have the checkdown guys, they're going to look at the tight end a exactly. little bit more. What, what about you, Bubar? Somebody mean, you love? I, you know, I selfishly I kind of wish that the Eagles had found a trade partner for Zach Ertz. Because right. I love Dallas Goddard. I think that he could, he's, he's got such potential to be a guy in the conversation with the top three. I, I, I just find him to be fascinating. And then I've always had a soft spot for Noah Fant. I've always liked the way how hard Noah plays. It's just unfortunate that he's gotten hurt all the time. It's just whether it's bad luck or whether he's, quote, injury prone, I like Noah. I just think that it's – and on a team like Denver – you know, naming Teddy the, the, the starter, you're hoping to see a little bit better quarterback play. So you're hoping to see Noah take another step. So I've, I've always liked those two. And then to round it out, uh, I lo- I'm 
I'm hopeful to see what Mike Gusecki does this year yeah. after ending the year last year on a high note. Um, I'd love to see what he could do too. Just didn't get a lot of targets there in the nope. middle of the season. Well, that's the just problem. Kind of weird. Yeah, I, I start calling him man. Flash Gasicki yep. because the dude flashes like, wow, he's you're got like, all man, the talent. He's Travis Kelsey. And then yep. they throw the next three passes to the tight ends, and it's like Shaheen and Durham Smythe. Right? <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> truly command the ball. Then they drafted Long, right. uh, yep. who will replace him likely. It's a walk year for Gasicki, but he is a little frustrating. But I do have a good vibe overall in the Dolphins passing game with Tua. I'm just trying to find that next Tunyon, right? Who who is that going to be? Could, just some super rando guy. Just oh. just a guy who's going to catch 10, 11 touchdowns. You know, may, maybe it's Everett in I Seattle, mean, I like but I just one. feel like oh, so it seems like that would make a lot of sense. I'll, but I'll give you the deep play. You go in New Orleans. I mean, Adam Troutman just got dinged up. They really like Jawan Johnson. That's they, yeah, that's they, deep though, man. That is it's, very it's, deep. It's, it's, but if if he if he has an issue and Traquan, you know it. it they love Callaway, but if, if they can't get their other pass catchers up on board, they're going to have to look for someone else other than Kamara. Kamara can't catch 140 balls. In, yeah. in New Orleans, man, like, and just because I love chaos, dude, like, I would love for Taysom Hill to get a starting nod at tight end. Oh, that'd be great. And the fantasy platforms have to give him that tight end designation. Yep. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Taysom Hill as a tight end, it's like – that'd he immediately enters the conversation as like a, a potential top five guy because he's going to give you passing stats too you know yep. it's like and and the fantasy world would just be so upset with oh, that would be great you know? it and, would be awesome and the yeah. takes would be so varied too like you'd have you'd have one person say this is a must get you have to and you have, a, have another person saying ah he's past it don't worry you're I'd go uh, Johnu as yeah. maybe that guy um, we all know they love Johnu we all know he's very athletic and all that but you know guy I talk to up there and really respect his opinion He's like, he said it twice. He said it in early August, came on the SiriusXM show, Andy Hart uh, from WEEI in, uh, up there in Beantown. And then he said it uh, late August. It was uh, just this week where, based on what he's seen, and he knows what the hell he's looking at in practice, the passing game will be built around Janu. And it's going to be Mac Jones starting right. probably 12-plus games. And that's pretty good right there. Janu came out of the gates with a quickness last year, if you remember, yeah. and then he faded, and everybody yeah. was, what's going on? Right. What went on was that Taylor Lewan went down, yeah. and he had to stay in and block a totally. lot. Totally, right. exactly. They had to keep him in, yep. so his receiving numbers went down. Totally. It yeah. was not a reflection of him performing not poorly. He just didn't point. get as many targets not there. Not at all. I got, before we move off tight end, my, my two kind of deeper sleepers there – the guy who's replacing Janu in Tennessee, Anthony Ferkser, mm -hmm. because I believe he's going to see a lot of red zone targets. Like it. You got, you got Julio, you got AJ, and you got DH in the backfield. So you got a lot of people you're going to be looking at stopping. I think he's going to slip through the cracks there. And my deep sleeper, Dawson Knox mm. in Buffalo. Okay. He's been working with Josh Allen in the offseason. He's been working with a hand-eye coordination guy. Yeah. He had, he had a lot of drops his first year, yeah. yep. a few drops last year, and supposedly that's getting a lot better. He's a great kid. Uh, I, I interviewed him uh, before. He's a great dude, and you root for him. He's very athletic. But how often do we hear, oh, he's seeing – oh, he got LASIK. Oh, he's seeing <laughs> hand guys. It never works. It never, ever works. You we, like the effort, though. You, you do. give him a need for effort. Yes, absolutely. 100%. All right, we, we got to jump here pretty quickly. So uh, wide receiver, tier one guys are clear. A lot of shuffling in tier two. The name I'm constantly hearing, like every guy is on this dude, is CeeDee Lamb. 
everybody, which makes me immediately want to run the other way. But second-year wide receivers historically make a big jump, right? Justin Jefferson already made that jump as a rookie, but you got right. CD and T. Higgins and Brandon Ayuk and Claypool, Jerry Judy, Pittman. I mean, there's a bunch. Mooney we talked about earlier, Jalen Rager. Um, is there one of these guys, Co, that that you really like? Um, I love Brandon Ayuk. I think he can absolutely make the leap. Um, you know, going into his second season, he um, he profiles when you take a look at some of the advanced analytics. Um, and and actually, my business partner and I, um, with Perception Perception, you know, did a profile on Ayuk. And I you could say Matt Harmon's name. <laughs> you could yeah. say his name. Our Hell boy yeah. Harmon. Our boy Harmon, Harmon's baby. Plugfest Plug twenty twenty one continues. But you know. Uh, Ayuk actually profiles um, as a dominant X receiver, and he looks and his analytics tell you that he actually profiles a lot like A.J. Green in mm. his prime. Hmm. Um, and this is a guy that you're getting in the sixth round. Sign me up. Sign me up for that all day long. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go Judy. I, I'm, I'm all in on Judy. Yeah. Love, love that player. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I said it all last year. When, when you pop on the tape, the guy's always open. Always. And we know he dropped a lot of balls. Oh my God. He also led the league with uncatchable targets. 46% catch rate last year. 46%. But just 65% of his total targets were deemed catchable, right. which was the second lowest rate among 196 <laughs> wide receivers <laughs> with at least 70 targets. I'd yeah. probably be frustrated if I'm you know, playing with a Drew Locke. Let's be honest here. So I think Teddy will get him the ball yes. and uh, let him be an athlete after the catch. And, uh, you know, there were only two quarterbacks to support three top 25 receivers last year. Uh, one of them was Tom Brady and the other one was Mr. Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> with uh, Samuel, Robbie, and DJ Moore. So, yeah, all in on Judy. Love him. Uh, there's so many of them in this group that I love, though. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in on Claypool. As well, I'll tell you last, who, last year I loved Deontay. You guys were there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all over it. Yeah. And yep. Claypool, yep. I'm telling you, Claypool is is a freaking baller. Yeah. I mean, beast athlete. Talk about the real deal. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess what how, what are your thoughts on CD Lamb? I, it's it's funny to me because he is being drafted right now, in my opinion, at his absolute ceiling. There's no room for profit uh, when you're drafting him in the middle or upper third round. To me, it's like. And it's, people say, like, well, he's a better player than Amari. And I'm like, I get it. That's fine. I totally agree. Unfortunately, this is a human game. It's not a video game, right? And and, and Amari Cooper has a pre-existing relationship with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott loves this guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I, – I don't know, man. Like, I, he might be the top target getter in Dallas. But to, to exceed that third-round price, you not only have to be the top – Pass catcher on your team, but then a dominant pass right. catcher on 12, your team. 1,200 yards, yeah. you know, maybe double-digit touchdowns. I guess I just don't see that, man. And there are so many people in this space that feel extremely. They're standing on the table for yes. them. Every time I turn on a yes. show, it's CeeDee Lamb this, CeeDee Lamb. I'm like, right. I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm same line of thought as you. Yeah. Bubar, wide receiver, second-year guy. I mean, John took mine. I'm a big fan of Judy. I thought that Judy was a top-five route runner last year in the NFL. I know he had those drops. I'm just looking for him to take the biggest leap of almost any second-year wideout. I like him a tremendous amount. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant on – it's tough to pick one between, um, between Claypool and Ayuk. I, I, I also like to go with Brandon. I, I'll, I'll just piggyback off of, what, off of what the guy said. I, 
I think that those two could really excel yeah. into the into the tier one wide receiver come next year, or yeah, even yeah. even as we are, you know, week 10, 11, 12 of this year. I think you could talk about those. Y- two. You give me one wide receiver from the Steelers, and I'm I'm going Claypool. Like mm, that yeah. would be my number one draft pick. As a Browns fan, Chase would be the guy. Most no uh, most overrated any position, Co. Oh man, um, I CD CD is up there for me. Um, I guess I just have a lot of hesitation drafting Derrick Henry that early. Um, you know, it's that's the, a dagger to my heart. Right I now. You know, know that, but right? it's the curse of three seventy. Um, he had three hundred and eighty touches or whatever it was last year. He had a ton, um, but and it's just look, he's got eight hundred and fifty touches over his last two seasons. Man, um, he I get it. He's different. He's built different. I agree. But there's a lot of evidence showing that when running backs get that level of work, they're either going to fall off a cliff the next year or at least uh, for sure you're going to see them fall off a cliff in two years. We, we've seen it happen a lot, especially with guys over 400 carries. Last guy to get over 400 carries, DeMarco Murray, that year in Dallas. I know, and he completely fell off. And he came back and resurrected himself a little bit when he got to Tennessee. Yeah, but that was he, two years after. Right, that was. And then right. that year in Philadelphia, totally lost year. Guru? I'm going to go Austin Eckler, James Cole. Oh, oh, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. John A. John A. Does the fantasy industry as a whole want to marry Austin Eckler? Yes. Because he's embraced it. <laughs> he's, he's signing jerseys to people that can show he has them on the fantasy team. He's a fantasy analyst now. It's amazing. He's working over at Yahoo Sports as a fantasy that analyst. Right? That's amazing. Good for him. He's like MJD. He's embraced exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, fine. Look, I, I get it. He's... Uh, Incredible, but are you taking them at 10 overall when you have high-volume, yes. very talented guys in that mix? I I don't see that. I'm, I'm taking uh, our guy Antonio Gibson over him a million times out of a million. Really? That Literally makes me one million, One million times <laughs> out of a million. Wow. that's. Uh, I'm looking at your rankings right now. You actually have him at 10. Um, Bubar, what do you have? Well, those are I, not mine. It's a little bit more of a think tank there on the, uh, for the company. I got you. I, uh, I'm sorry. I got to go Kyle Pitts. Okay. I, gotta, I, I think Kyle's a, I don't hate that. I, yeah, I just makes sense. Rookie, tight end. Takes is, forever to develop. It, it's so hard as a rookie. Now, I know opportunity plus availability equals fantasy points. We all know that. But with Kyle, I'm just a little bit hesitant that I'm going to have to draft him at a very, very early pick in round five. Whereas I could look, if I didn't feel comfortable with him, I could pivot over to a quarterback. I could pivot over to a number three wide receiver or yeah. a number three running back and still be perfectly comfortable getting other guys like guys rated after him, uh, like Tanyan, like Logan Thomas, like Dallas Goddard, like Janu. I'd be fine with any They're all bunched guys. together in the tight end position. Yep. Right, I got a call from Trevor Dell, who's our stage manager, who's telling me that we need to get our asses uh-huh. out. Of but, but I do need rapid fire, yes. okay, two or three sleepers, so we can help all of our friends out there that are doing their fantasy drafts, didn't do it early like all my idiot buddies. They're waiting until the preseason is over. Guru, let's start with you. Two or three sleepers, guides who you feel like will exceed expectations. Well, we're on the same page on a couple of them. I am all in on A.J. Dillon. Um, absolutely love this guy. He's going to get 125-plus uh, carries, even if Aaron Jones stays healthy all year. Yeah. And he's going to surprise with, like, 25, 30 grabs. I've literally asked A.J. Dillon himself, like, nine questions. Seven <laughs> of them were about his receiving. And um, 
because we know the Quadzilla can get it done carrying the rock. And, you know, he swore to me multiple times that he's good in the passing game and he's showing that. So I love him. And, uh, well, how about, how about Sonny Michel? I am uh, I'm mm. a believer in Sonny Michel. I will take Sonny Michel over Daryl Henderson. What? I believe they have. Yes, I am all in uh, on Sonny Michel. Oh, yeah. I would not. Oh, yeah, baby. Man, he's had so many different injury issues, and his numbers have gone down every single year. Co. Um, I would go with, uh, if you're looking for running back, Naheem Hines. Uh, you're getting in the double-digit rounds. Mm. Um, last, uh, I think it was the last 10 games of the season, he averaged you know 11 uh, PPR points per game. Um, I think we're going to see some positive touch. Or, or uh, actually, he had seven touchdowns last year too, which is really nice. Um, he is to me like Austin Eckler before Austin Eckler blew up when he was playing behind another Wisconsin running back um, in Melvin Gordon. So mm-hmm. I, I really like Naheem Hines as uh, a double-digit round pick um, and somebody that there's a bunch of receivers that I really like late. Jacoby Myers is one. Um, his success rate versus man coverage um, was 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 great. So I, I actually think the passing game is going to run through um, Jacoby Myers. Um, but Terrace Marshall, to me, I, I just – I don't get it, man. Like, how is this dude a 14th-round pick? This guy is a, a, a great athlete and a natural separator. As a matter of fact, I almost think he comes in day one. Um, as the best receiver on that squad. Like, I'm not thinking like DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson have absolutely demanded targets. I'm, I'm in love with Terrace Marshall, and, um, and to me, I think he could be um, either a, a 1A or a 1B in that passing game. So you're, you're getting him so late. I, I would take him in, like, the 11th round. That's how much I would take him. And he's going in, like, the 13th, 14th. So uh, Terrace Marshall, to me, I'll go ahead and, um, and plant a flag for him there. Mm, okay. All right. What do you got there, b right, I got two of them. Two real quick. First one. Real I like, quick. Uh, real quick. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, for me, he might not, people might not be as high on him in real football, but in fantasy football, I happen to think that Gold he, mine. He, he can excel. And for where he's getting drafted, he could be a top five guy at the end of the year. Um, and then, uh, shoot. Um, real quick, yeah. while you're thinking, yeah. um, yes. on Sonny Michelle, two stats. Highest rushing yards over expectation per attempt last year among running backs with 50 or more per next-gen stats. Also, 25th in PFF run grade and a surprising fourth Mm. in passing grade. I've seen this all the time. I love Sonny Michel coming out. Underwhelmed, disappointed, kicking myself. Ah, I oversold him. And then the planets align. <laughs> and then I say on social media, yeah, there it is. That's what I told you about five years ago. I'm just he saying. did have his, his, his best year in terms of yards per carry. He only played nine games last year. Right. But he, he was actually very productive when he was on the field. Yep. Uh, while you're still thinking about it, I'm going to give you two guys. I, I think Baker Mayfield has mm. so many weapons this year. That offensive line is one of the top two or three it units is. in football. I, I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, I talked about Ferkser a little bit. I also think in in super deep leagues, take a look at Adam Humphreys. He's going to be no. in the slot. He's going to be in the slot for Washington. Absolutely not. He had 105 <laughs> targets in Tampa with Fitz when they were there together. That was his best season in the NFL. Interesting. Super deep leagues. Just somebody take a look. All right, your last one. All right, the last, uh, Marvin Jones, Jaguars. I think that people are really undervaluing him. I think yeah. that I think that Trev's going to look at him a lot. And let's not forget because I'm a USC homer. Let's not forget Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown. Brown. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. could lead all wide receivers in, catch- in targets and catches this year in Detroit. Gentlemen, this was a pleasure. We have a rehearsal to get to. Everybody who's listening, if you have DirecTV, please check out the Fantasy Zone. 
Like, subscribe to the Helipod on your podcast platform. Matthew Bubar, the guru John Hansen, and James Scott. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's like, go to work. As if we have to rehearse, by the way. I know. We're I mean, done. Come on. We're done. We just rehearse now. We're pros. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Bye. Bye.